should wait to come out, that you should uh, try to gain rank or status before you do that. That's a bunch of bull It's a new day in the music industry, and I can reach my fans. We're getting there. I've caused harm to the political agenda, and which I'm actually happy for. I would say probably the best message to them is that they're on the wrong side of history. Whether you're lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, or whatever, Love is love. Shout it out to the world. The Michelle Miao Show. Your A through Z covering the LGBT, LMNOP, and everyone in between show. And now here's your host, Michelle Miao. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Today is Monday, the 11th, January 11th, 2016. I can't believe we're almost halfway through the new year in terms of the the first month of the new year i guess i should say i should clarify um or, uh, i don't know i don't feel like it's a happy monday fong our producer is in studio it feels like a really sad monday why well i mean you know with the news uh regarding david bowie who just passed away musical legend a genius um i mean an incredible guy, I, and it, not just artistically, but also as himself. I mean, to the queer community, he means so much. He's this icon, this gender-bending icon um, who was himself, uh, who just did, he just, you know, he put representations of, of us out there mm-hmm. uh, just by being himself and in his music. So it's really sad to lose someone like that, and then you think about kind of what we're going through today, and you want you want you want someone to you want to be able to say that there there are more that we can pull from, but there will never be another David Bowie. That's just the truth. Yeah, I so, get it. Rest in peace, David Bowie, and for everyone else who's impacted and affected by his death, uh, I would say celebrate by playing some of um, your favorite David Bowie songs. Uh, also, it's a sad Monday because there was another death in our community, the LGBTQ community. Um, that is pretty sad, and and uh, both, but you know, David Bowie and this person suffered from cancer, um, and the other person is Jean Cordova, who passed away yesterday from battling cancer. And Jean Cordova is a huge um, lesbian and women's rights activist. Was there during the seventies, uh, ba- basically fought for lesbian representation during the freedom marches and the gay liberation movement in L.A. So we lost her yesterday too. Uh, it's it just feels feels like a sad Monday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, passing condolences to both their families, and uh, and and for those youngins who don't know who Jean Cordova is, you should absolutely <laughs> Google her. But um, anyway, the show must go on, and so let's let's begin our show. Today's program is brought to you by Pacific Fertility Center. When life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. Our guest today is Trevor McDonald, who's a transgender man from Manitoba. 
And he's birthed both his children at home and breastfeeds them. Uh, he's initiated and helped design and analyze a University of Ottawa study focusing on the experiences of transmasculine individuals with pregnancy, birth, and infant feeding. So here to discuss uh, a, a, a lot of things. We're going to discuss just even um, the you know the limited verbiage and terminology that's available out there when it comes to reproductive justice. Let's welcome Trevor to the program. Trevor, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. So let's start with, with you know, just that statement I just made, uh, the fact that, you know, in the reproductive uh, justice community, even the language is considered a barrier, right? Yeah, yeah, it often can be. We hear a lot of mom, 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 mother, 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 yeah. <laughs> mother to mother support, um, breastfeeding and breasts all the time, <laughs> right. which um, some trans people might not feel comfortable with. Right, right. Such as such as yourself, and and I think the inspiration behind the fact that um, you've mobilized this study and also a Facebook group. Uh, you know, uh, tell us why this particular situation impacts you personally, but also why there's a need to really look into this. Yeah, well, I guess when when I was trying to read about pregnancy and about infant feeding, um, I found as I was doing my reading, I needed to switch around a lot of terms in my head all the time. Um, I would read mother and I would kind of mentally replace it with parents so that it could apply to me as well. Um, and and having done that, I felt like it was important to try to share some of my experience in case somebody else um, maybe was having a similar experience. And I, I started blogging. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of questions from people through my blog, um, from individuals, trans people like myself, and also from healthcare providers. And I found... Um, it was just not enough to try to answer people's questions from my one experience. So that that was kind of why I wanted to start a Facebook group where people could meet and, and share information and share their experiences, and also why I wanted to start a formal study on the topic. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, when we think about um, gender today, uh, the uh, gender identity is growing outside of the binary, right? And so it, it's a uh, for some people, this is <laughs> it's it's it, they can't even accept it. They can't even uh, imagine that there are identities outside of the uh, binaries. Let, let's let's explore that for a little bit, a little bit, and let's discuss that and kind of break it down to our listeners who might be hearing this for the first time and why it's important to know. Uh, that we are moving towards a, a, a you know, a, a place, a society in which uh, it's not just male-female and male, uh, you know, in, in terms of, I guess what I'm trying to say is that yeah, that's how society constructs uh, roles per gender is not necessarily how we are identifying today. Right, and I, I think it's very important to point out that, it has never been only male and female. I think sometimes people have this idea of like, oh, our society is changing so fast. People are doing mm-hmm. these, these strange new things. But in fact, people have, have always identified in these different ways. I think the difference is that, that people talk about it more, and for transgender people, there's the, the ability to transition in more medical ways um, by taking hormones or having surgery. 
Um, so people people can be out a little more, and and there's some raising awareness happening. But um, but this idea that like we we used to have a binary society of only male and female, and only women, people who only identified as women and were born born um, with a vulva, only those people ever became pregnant. And I I don't think that's um, I don't think that's ever been true. I think it's it's um, similar to somebody saying, oh, I don't know any gay people. Mm-hmm. Well, probably everybody knows some gay people, right? But you, you don't know that you know them, maybe, because right. they're not out to you. But, but you do know people. Um, and so similarly, like a, a healthcare provider might say, well, I only serve cisgender women in my practice. I've only ever served women. And they just might not realize that they indeed have had clients who identify differently, and they, they didn't know about it. The healthcare provider didn't know. But that doesn't mean that those people weren't uncomfortable all along with that language that mm-hmm. is so binary. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about you for a second. You know, like I mentioned in the introduction, you have two kids um, whom you've nursed, uh, both. And so, you know, in, in, in talking about your own experiences and that uh, initial experience of going through the healthcare system, um, what, what was difficult or what was easy about it? And did you have to educate your doctor? Um, yes and no. Like, I, I guess you, I think part of what's difficult about pregnancy, can, can, it can be that you, you have to work with so many different healthcare providers. So mm. you can end up with this great range of experiences. So I had some fantastic experiences and and other experiences where I did need to do some educating, but the majority of them, I would say, were very positive. Like um, when I told my family doctor that I wanted to plan a pregnancy and, and I kind of went to talk to him and just see if he had any concerns or any suggestions, and all he said was, well, that's... that's um, the normal human urge to want to have a family and make sure that you take folic acid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was it. Mm-hmm. But you um, went off. You went off, You go off hormones, though, right? And then yeah, yeah, yeah I did, I did. Um, and I talked to my endocrinologist as well, um, who's the the hormone doctor. Um, and he also he just said, well, if you if you stop taking testosterone. You wait until your cycles are back regularly. That would be an indication that your body is ready to conceive. Mm-hmm. So, from from both of their perspectives, um, it seemed quite simple. Yeah, as we're talking about it, it is pretty simple. However, of mm-hmm. course, there's always going to be the 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 controversial groups, right, who try to deny um, it just. Uh, what what actually is natural, as you just mentioned, it's natural for people, human beings, to want to grow their families. Um, mm-hmm. But but there are those groups out there who who try to refute this process. Uh, I want to talk a little yeah. bit about that, and, and I, if and you've I encountered think in that. the middle, in the middle, there's just a lot of confusion. But mm-hmm. like, well, how does this work, or why would you want to do that, or but you still have a beard, so aren't you still taking testosterone? Like, there, there's just all this confusion about how the process could actually work. Um, and one thing that was sometimes difficult for me was if I was meeting a new healthcare provider, um, they would they would hear my my lower voice and and see my facial hair and say, "But don't you know that 
you, you can't take testosterone while pregnant. It would be really, really harmful to, uh, to a potential fetus. Um, and, and so I found myself having to explain certain aspects of biology sometimes that you would think, well, I'm not the doctor, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully the doctor knows these things, but, but sometimes they were unfamiliar. So I would need to say things like, well, once, once testosterone has had an effect on your body and, and um, you have hair follicles in your face, then that, for a lot of people, that hair just keeps growing even when you stop taking testosterone. Um, so, yeah, I think there's just a lot of a lot of confusion um mm-hmm. and it's it's not necessarily that people are are negative in those circumstances they just are trying to understand yeah i was just going to say you're so nice about it but that's probably cuz i'm reading a quote by the women centered midwifery right yes that <laughs> is a completely completely different take on things that that is very hostile i would say Yeah. Well, let's take a quick short break right here. When we come back, we'll discuss in depth um, and even share with you the quote um, that they uh, that they print out or put out there publicly. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Progressive Voices Network, streaming the best in progressive talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community. I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. So where do we start? (laughs) Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do, especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Hello and welcome back. I'm Michelle Meow, your host. Our guest today is Trevor McDonald, and uh, we're talking about transmasculine individuals with pregnancy, birth, and infant feeding. Um, You know, Trevor, I mentioned that there are hostile groups out there, and uh, I'm going to read a quote really quickly. Uh, By the women-centered midwifery who put out this statement, human beings, like the majority of other mammals, are sexually dimorphic. Example, there are two distinct biological sexes, female and male, 
with each having particular primary and secondary sex characteristics that allow us to make a distinction between the two. Sex is natural, biological, and objectively factual. And uh, I found their statement to be incredibly, uh, uh, well, harmful and uh, discriminating. And, and also, as you said, maybe they're confused or there's some lack of education there as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think I think um, they they don't seem to want to distinguish between sex and gender um, mm-hmm. very much, and they I I think it's important to remember that that this same this same group of people um, they they subscribe to an ideolo- ideology that is very hostile to trans women, um, not not just to trans men um, experiencing pregnancy, but but. Um, they're especially hostile to trans women, which I find I find so hateful and horrible to even think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, they say like trans women are not real women. If you if you weren't born with a vulva, then you can never be a woman. And um, and and honestly, that that is the basis for a lot of violence against trans women. I think those those beliefs they're they're really harmful. Right. Well, this whole statement and and, uh, those who support this idea, this thinking, um, you know, participates, in my opinion, the erasure of of trans people altogether. Um, Yes. And and, you know, and here's the thing is that you're you're putting out this study and you also, as I mentioned earlier, you created a Facebook group of trans men who are nursing. And it's not like there's like two people who are who are in that group. Right. No, it's it's got well over a thousand members now at this point. So, so the point is that you know trans people exist and trans families exist, and uh, it you know and and it's it's not what we're trying to what I'm trying to say here on the program is the fact that you know there are there are people out there who are actively trying to redefine their own uh, idea of of family. Um, or try to at least, you know, keep it in that quote-unquote traditional model, which, uh, as you had mentioned earlier, hadn't ever existed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I want to turn our attention to the study that you're working on uh, and, and kind of ask you in terms of anything specific that you're finding or anything that you can share with us uh, while you're working on this study. Um, I can't I can't really share results mm-hmm. at this point because it, it hasn't quite been published yet, so I, I need to publish it first, but it's um it's close to that. Okay. But I can say um that I, I interviewed twenty two transmasculine identified people about their experiences with birth, pregnancy and infant feeding. So um so we got a good good wide range of experiences. Um and and we didn't have any restrictions in terms of how someone had transitioned or, or not yet transitioned um, or, or taken testosterone or not taken testosterone. So there really is, it, it was just based on um, on how someone identified. Mm-hmm. So I think in that way, we've been able to capture the experiences of people who were going through pregnancy and they identified as male, um, but they weren't out as transgender or, or as men at that point. Um, and I think that's that's really important to cover, as well as the experiences of those who had already transitioned, had taken testosterone. Um, 
So I'm just I'm very excited about this work and really <laughs> really excited to um, to finally be publishing it because it has been a a few years um, working on the project. Yeah, and and the people that you interviewed are they um, from all over the place? Or are they from anyone from? I mean. I you know I mentioned you're from Manitoba. I'm wondering if they're all Canadians or if there are Americans in the mix. No, it was um, it was global. So the the interviews were done in English, and that was that was really the only limit um, in terms of geography. Was was uh, as long as the participant could communicate in English. Uh, would you say that? Um, it, yeah, I wanted to ask it when you were doing this study. I mean. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of people say that Canadians are ahead of the curve um, when it comes to being inclusive of gender identity, sexual orientation and such in policies and, and in healthcare. care. Um, what do you think of that statement? Would you would you say that that's correct? Um, well, I, I can say we did have the support of um, of a government funding body, the Canadian Institutes for Health Research. So that's um that's definitely a good indication, I think, of um, of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think overall, I mean, culturally speaking, um, I, I I I'm reading this article and in, in, in thoughts about you know breastfeeding right now, for example, in America, there's a lot of controversy around that uh, regarding women who breastfeed in public. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that uh, you know there's 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 a lot more opportunities for controversial organizations who, one, hate the idea of women breastfeeding and probably would hate the idea even more if it's a trans man breastfeeding. Um, and I almost feel like America might be unsafe for trans men who are nursing, but then that I could just be extremely cynical or negative. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's hard to compare easily between the two countries because then you also have kind of um the aspect of of rural versus urban as well and it, and there's so much um diversity there but i i mean i have i have nursed um in the states as well mm-hmm. um because i i went to the Philadelphia Trans Health Conference and i i also went to a conference this summer in Washington DC and and I took a lot of public transit, and I, I nursed my baby on public transit, and I, I felt okay doing that. I felt I felt reasonably safe, um, and I didn't I didn't have any problems with anyone. Well, um, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I mean that makes me feel a little bit better. I could just be <laughs> reading the news all too much. Um, we're winding down on time, but I did want to make sure that we had a couple minutes left to talk about your wonderful kids. You you know I mentioned earlier you've nurse and um uh, both of them how old are they now um my oldest is well he'll tell you he's um four and three quarters (laughs) (laughs) Um, my my youngest is about 14 months wow wow i i I didn't uh do too much you know prying into it but um are you doing this all alone no no i have an amazing partner oh that's amazing supportive partner yeah that's good well, that's yeah, great. We're looking after the kids right now as we speak. So, <laughs> I should probably let you go so that you can do daddy stuff. <laughs> you know, go back to your daddy duties. Um, but, uh, but you know, any any uh, it sounds everything sounds positive, and I really like your message in that. You know, there what we need is more training and awareness, right? 
Yeah, I think so. I think it is important to remember that that, that hostile group we were talking about, um, the trans-exclusionary radical feminists, I think they are a very small group. They're extremely vocal, but if you do kind of pay attention and go through who is saying what, especially in online comment sections, it's actually the same few people over and over again. They just talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's good to remember that, that most people are are accepting and and just want more education for themselves, um, especially healthcare providers. I, I think they got into the profession because they want to help people, and it's it's good to remember that. Well, Trevor, you know, thanks so much for joining us and uh, also for sharing your story. I think it's super important that uh, we continue doing that so that we can defy um, that very small minority group that we're talking about. Well, thank you so much. It was wonderful to talk with you. Thank you. If you want to follow Trevor and his work, you can head to milkjunkies.net. Don't go away. When we come back, the Michelle Meow Show continues right after this. I've been doing drag here in San Francisco for almost 20 years, and uh, over the past couple months I just opened up my club, Oasis. It's been going really well. People really seem to appreciate the space. It's something people say San Francisco really needs right now, because the city has been changing a lot. I always had this attitude of, of opening a space that was kind of like for everybody, and that's just kind of the attitude and the, the, uh, the ethics of Oasis. Is it's kind of a space for everybody. How does it feel to be a business owner? I don't know, you know, it's funny because I still need, I still have to kind of pinch myself to believe it's actually true, you know what I mean? Like I walk in there and and I go up to the bar and I go, oh, can I please have a glass of water? You know, it's kind of like, I forget that it's my place. Running gay clubs, it's changed a lot. Um, I think that gay people now, they're everywhere. They don't feel like they have to maybe be in a gay bar all the time, so you have to be much more creative about how you are enticing people to come out to your club. I, I guess I'm successful because I'll just say it, I work really hard at what I do. I also like to provide a really quality experience for people. So yes, you know, people will pay to see my shows and pay to come to my club, but I always like, like to give them something that's worth it. The experience that they'll, they'll leave my shows going, okay, that was worth it, you know what I mean? This has always been my attitude. Um, just to entertain people, and so it seems like that works, you know. I would say to young kids, you know, just kind of form your own identity. And, uh, and you know, don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, you can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag, we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties, we have that for you. Spotlight on success and achievement. Brought to you by Wells Fargo. Together, we'll go far. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. 
Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. Following our producer is in studio. Started the show off with mentioning that, you know, it was a sad Monday. It is a sad Monday. We lost music legend David Bowie. We lost uh, a feminist, a lesbian activist, Jean Cordova. And so I am... I am mourning, um, but uh, but the show must go on. And so the second half of the show, I think we'll we'll have some fun. And 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 just after thinking about losing David Bowie, I I you know I put it out there like, you know we we have to we have to support the artists out there who are really doing incredible great things and who are being themselves and being authentic and not having to conform to I think industry standards. And so our next guest is 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 just that. And I like that he's called Ricky Rebel. Let's welcome Ricky Rebel to the program. Ricky, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Hello, Michelle. Hello, hello. So I should do a little Hi. bit of uh, background information uh, on you. I mean, in, in the, the late 90s, I should say that you had worked with boy bands, um, you know, that toured with groups like 98 Degrees, Destiny's Child, Aaron Carter, Ashley and Jessica Simpson, and, and the people that I uh, secretly rocked out to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, Britney Spears too. Oh, oh my gosh! To all the queers out there, we're jumping up and down <laughs> the fact that you worked <laughs> with Britney Spears, and now you're yeah. embarking on a solo career, and you've got a new you've got a new album out, right. right? I do. It's called the Blue Album, and it's available on iTunes. Great, right that's now. that's awesome. So how's how's this yeah. you know uh, this new album? How's it different from the work that you've done before? Well, you know, uh, Michelle, I, I heard that you mentioned about uh, authenticity and and all of that, and I write and record and produce all of my own music, so this record is real, is truly authentic, and uh, the Blue Album, it, it really talks about what I call the blue years of my life right now, what I've been going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went through a tremendous breakup, and then I use that as a catalyst to create art, and through it all, I've learned how to rebel the darkness and shine the light. I'm I even wrote a song about it on the record. I'm so sorry about your loss and, and going through, you know, that very difficult breakup. We know another artist who've, who who's doing incredibly well over her breakups, Adele. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Can you share anything? That you do I mean, is it okay to share? You know, just this this dark. Uh, uh, situation that you went through, such as specifics. I mean, you know, how did the breakup happen? Absolutely. Uh, I what made this breakup different than any other sort of heartbreak I've had. I was engaged for the first time in mm. my life, so it. I took the engagement very seriously, and I was devastated when things didn't work out, and. Uh, there were a lot of different different reasons why it didn't it didn't work out. One thing is because I really feel like his parents didn't really accept his his sexuality, and kind of shamed him and shamed the relationship for a long time. I wasn't even able to go into his parents' house because I wasn't invited. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that a lot of parents hold a lot of responsibility or have a responsibility towards their children to accept their children for who they are. And unfortunately his parents did not. And it made things very difficult. And I think it made me want to write music about it to help other people who are going through the same thing because I didn't really go through that. Uh, I've always 
been accepted by my parents and loved for, for who I am. And I'm very fortunate that way. And so I kind of want to be a, a beacon of light for, for kids out there who are going through and adults who are going through pain because of being rejected for who they are. Right. Right. And, I, you know, it's, um, it's, 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 it's a, I was thinking about all the love songs out there before, you know, queers and gay artists uh, became the media spotlight. And some of those themes were central to like things like cheating or like, uh, you know, but I don't think that people really truly know what it's like to be rejected just because of who you are. Absolutely. I have a family member just recently who, you know, uh, uh, came out and it, it's been, it's been very difficult and I've had to help this person through it, through it all. And my family's been there because, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where if you're rejected for it, it it's very deeply painful. I don't want to get too much into specifics, but I just want to say that I am definitely someone who advocates for, for, uh, people to be authentic yeah, and a lot of the songs that I wrote on this new record, the Blue Album, uh, talk about the subject. the uh, The song I wrote, "Rebel the Darkness," in particular, I wrote that song because of um, fans of mine who've spoken to me about wanting to commit suicide for being gay and for being different and being bullied and being shamed by their family and being kicked out of out of their parents' lives and and all of those things and wanting to commit suicide, but through finding my music, through finding me, uh, being inspired by me to not do so, they decided not to do that. And there was an alternative to that, you know, that I was Mm -hmm. definitely an inspiration to them. Um, that means a lot to me. And it's really one of the reasons why main reasons why I do what I do. I wrote another song called savior about it. And I feel like a savior can be someone who, is, is a friend, just basically someone you can save someone's life for by being an example for them, being strong. Right. And uh, I've been told numerous times that uh, I inspire people to be be themselves. And that's really what it's about, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just listening to you, it's empowering. And so I want to talk a little bit about Blue Album. Uh, although it, 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 it touches on a very personal note, uh, it, it may come off and, and seem as if the songs are, uh, you know, slower ballad or, or you know, yeah, like songs like what some someone like I mentioned earlier, Adele would sing. It actually is is a dance album, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it definitely has a, a definite dance feel to it. Pop, mm-hmm. dance, rock, the whole thing. I call it glam pop. I love it. It's got this <laughs> sparkly glam pop and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got a cu- couple great dance songs that, that are, like, I call one of those, like, showstopper numbers that we do, like, star. Like, we have to do star every number. We have to do boys and sometimes girls. People love that song every time we play it. And that's that's kind of, like, you know, my fun side. I have a really, I have a real fun side. I'm not always this, like, <laughs> you know, sensitive and... And, you know, be crying hard for my babies, you know, for my rebels. But, no, I, I have a sweet side and I have a, a fun side. I like to have fun. And uh, Boys and Sometimes Girls definitely explores that, that side of me, especially it's my sexual fun side, really. 
Um, I wanted to mention, you know, just a couple people that you've worked with on this album. I mean, earlier I mentioned that you worked with some big names in the music industry. Who worked with you on this album? I, on this particular record, uh, like I said, it was a real home type of my own studio, my own thing uh, that I wrote and produced myself like in, in like a little hermit. Mm-hmm. You know, I basically went in my room and like I, like I said, I broke broke up with my, my ex and it it devastated me, my fiance. And I ended up writing like 30 plus songs after that. Wow. And yeah. And then I, uh, I found love with the person I'm with currently who is now my current fiance. Congratulations. Uh, lo- Thank you. I found love <laughs> again. And you know, that's, it's kind of like the metaphor for the record. It kind of, it, it followed me through this journey of love lost and love found. And how, you know, you can use art to get through the dark times and you can use art uh, as a catalyst for that. And I wrote a lot of love songs when he came in, like I was reinvigorated because when you, when you lose someone, you think like, oh my God, I'm never going to love, like I love Ben. Yeah. And uh, you can and you will if you open your heart and if you open your mind and you keep pushing through, you keep creating and using your talents and your gifts. And that's exactly what I did. And that's what the Blue Album represents. It represents that cyclical nature of life and the duality of life. You know, blue blue is a very enigmatic color. I mean, there are different spectrums to a different, uh, you know, there's dark blue, depression, and then blue also represents the sky, the ocean, real healing elements. So I think it's a great color for me that represents where I am in my life right now. Oh, that's so great. I like that it all comes full circle, right? It's like your your uh your new album, it's you. It's a, and and we started off, you know, the with the introduction of authenticity. Um I I wanted to mention, I mean, I I know that the the album is mixed by uh, uh someone who is world renowned such as a, uh, you know, DJ Hector Fonseca. Um Oh it, yeah, 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 definitely. And I forgot to mention too that my record was was uh, mixed and mastered by another guy named Claudio Sueni. I forgot to mention his name. He's fantastic, and he's worked with Jennifer Lopez and, and other people, and the record wouldn't sound as good as it does without him. I mean, you know, a lot of it is in the, is, the mix is super important, as you know, the mix and the master, and he did all of that. And, uh, and my musicians on my band also played on my record. Uh, Allison Montez a Grammy Award-winning violinist, played on a lot of the tracks. She's my twinsie. I call her my twinsie. Uh-huh. <laughs> and <laughs> my guitar player, Conrado Pesinado, he was phenomenal, one of the best guitar players I've ever worked with, and he played on the record. And so, yeah, my friends came along, and, and he even had one of my, my greatest super fans, uh, Rachel Strauss, who is a major, major rebel, who I love and adore, comes to all of my shows. I let her sing... Well, I asked her to sing on my track on my own, and she did. And so she's on on the record. And, yeah, and then we later on we did a, a remix EP that was released and uh, by Hector Fonseca. He remixed my song Star. And the way that that happened, um, he, got a, he got a hold of the record, and he heard the track, and he, he called me up, and he said, Ricky... Uh, I love this song, Star. I'd love to remix it. He he loves two songs. He loves Star and Boys and Sometimes Girls. Mm-hmm. And I said, he said, I'd love to, to remix Star. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. I mean, he's got an amazing track record, right? Have you heard, 
have you heard of the stuff he's done? Yeah. 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 Uh, for a lot of people, you know, out there, I'm sure as well. I, I wanted to also ask you, you know, I mentioned David Bowie being a, a, a gender bender. I mean, just nonconforming, just himself and just uh, yeah, a voice for the quote unquote misfits or the, the people who are different. And, and I see a lot of that in your artistry as well, Ricky. Um, you know, what has it been Thank like you. being in the industry for so long as a member of the LGBTQ community? Let me tell you something. I am devastated right now, honestly. My heart is broken. I don't, I don't know. I, I talked to my, my fiancé about it. I'm like, I don't know why I'm so sad today. You know, but I don't think I really, you know, understand how much he's really uh, inspired me. Mm-hmm. And I'm very sad to see him go. Uh, it's always an honor when I am compared to David Bowie. We were on Fox Fox News uh, on the Fox station in San Diego, and they compared me to Ziggy Stardust, Ricky Rebel, the next Ziggy Stardust, and I couldn't think of a better uh, comparison for me. I would never want... He's the greatest, in my opinion, uh, closest to... um, closest to what it is that I'm... the kind of work that I'm creating, Mm -hmm. and the kind of work that that I do even more so than my hero, Madonna, because, I mean, he is a man, but he's also a man who's been open about uh, uh, his sexuality, his open about his artistry. He was gender fluid uh, with a lot of his expression. He wasn't afraid to be controversial in that way when nobody really was doing that. he combines art and fashion in the way that I, I love to do. And um, he's going to be missed. Yeah. What can I say? A you huge, know? huge and, loss. Um, yeah, I had a huge, huge loss. And that last that last video was incredible. I mean, yeah, that's, we just uncovered. Um, with his loss, though, you know, you always want to think about the future and you want to think about the present and uh, really yeah. support artists like yourself. I mean, do you have hope that... Uh, the music industry will will be more accepting of of different people, artistic people, people who don't fit the standard norm. That's what I'm hoping, and that's what I'm fighting for. I won't stop until I make my dreams come true, and you know I'm committed to being a star. Period. And I work really hard, and the people around me have a great team, and I meet people like you and. We do fantastic interviews like this, and I'm grateful for this opportunity to be on your show. Um, Life is a possibility, you know, and I've invented the possibility of being a star. And I commit to it, and and I'm held accountable by people who remind me when I feel like crap, and I, you know, about something that went wrong or whatever. They remind me, well, hey, this is who you said you are. You better, you know what to expect, and you know what to do. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's really what life is all about. And it's people like Bowie who've given me the uh, the blueprint for that. And uh, so, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, labels one day will, oh, well, not one day. I mean, I'm sure there are, there are label, label reps out there who really want to bet on an act like mine, uh, an act that is... Um, 
not the norm, we're going to say, right. not Justin Bieber. I'm not going to step up on stage with a beanie and a, t- and a white T-shirt on. <laughs> I was going to say you know, Taylor I, Swift, but, you know, because that's, that's sellable. That's... That, that, that too, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, that too. I'm not going to ever step up on a stage with a T-shirt on and, and a beanie. I'm always going to show up, and I'm going to show up as I'm going to I'm going to entertain. It's show business, and I put on a show. That's what we do when we perform. I'm really into entertaining. My band is fantastic. You got to see us live to really know who I am. You have to experience my show live. It's it's a whole other animal. I'm a whole other person on stage and. I think oh, I'm starting to get the attention of labels, actually. But that's great. That's, that's a, another story. But <laughs> I really think that you do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think it's the, it's time for the peacock men to come out, man. Yeah. It's time for us to 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 come out with guns blazing, and that's why I'm working on a new a new album, and it's called the New Alpha. It's not it's not ready to be released yet, but I've already recorded it. And I'm ready to go and. This is where I'm at. I'm, I have peacock color hair. It's green and blue now. And I'm ready for to be, you know, one of the, I guess, leaders in, in the pack. Yes. For peacock men, for flamboyant men, <laughs> for male divas. Where I are love we? it. I want, I want to have as many girl, female artists out there, pop divas out there. I want it to be the male pop Devo equivalent. I want the male Madonna, which should be me. <laughs> the male Beyonce, the male J Lo, the male Taylor Swift, the male Nicki Minaj, the male Adele, the male Beyond Rihanna, the male. Do you, you get what I'm saying? Right? I totally we, do. We hold these women up high as gay men, and we we idolize them. But I think it's time that we start idolizing each other and start supporting each other. Right. And not being jealous of each other and not hating on each other and not fearing that it won't happen for us. Ugh, I there's love enough, your message. There's enough room for everybody. There's enough room for all of us. And we need to start supporting each other more. And that's what I'm, I'm out to do. I'm out to make it known that I am one of the male pop divas and I want more. I want more divas to come out and and shine in our own way because we are unique. I'm sorry. We are unique. We're different than, than our counterparts like Chris Brown and, and uh, Justin Bieber. We're unicorns. <laughs> we're unicorns. We're beautiful. Yeah. We're glamorous. It's, it's totally different. We're different than Kanye and right. Drake. Right. We're so different. And we need us. We need us. The world needs more of that, of that Bowie had. That yes. I have, honestly, I'm gonna put. I'm telling you, exactly. I know who I am. I know who I am, and it's just a matter of time before the world knows who I am. And it's a process. It's baby steps, but you know, we're making we're making progress. And Ricky, uh, you I, know, yeah, I, I <laughs> well, love I love your message and uh, and and more so you. your music and and thank you so much for your work and for putting out there and for being on this show and and for sharing a little bit of yourself today and opening up. Well, you really have really have helped me to open up, and I appreciate that, Michelle. And thank you for having me on your wonderful program. 
Thank you. So we're we're gonna end the show actually by playing a, a bunch of songs from uh, R- Ricky Rebel, and so you should support R- Ricky Rebel as we've been talking about today, especially on a day in which we've lost some of our greatest musicians who speak about authenticity and just being yourself. So if you're on yeah. uh, iTunes, um, you're on iTunes, and and uh, you know you should purchase some of. Ricky Rebel's music right now, especially his hit single, Can I Get Your Number? And so we'll end the show with with playing a bunch of uh, Ricky's music. So thank you so much for joining us here on the Michelle Meow Show. listening to the progressive voices network streaming the best in progressive talk 24 7 keep the progressive conversation going on on facebook like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices on the progressive voices facebook page we update the stories that our hosts like tom hartman stephanie miller bill press and leslie marshall will be talking about during their shows and we share great news commentaries opinion pieces and videos from all over the progressive world always progressive always on be part of the progressive conversation like us at facebook.com forward slash progressive voices The Commonwealth Club is a unique organization that brings together people from a variety of backgrounds to explore important issues as a community. Sooner or later, everyone worth hearing comes to our stage. From Marga Gomez to Richard Chamberlain, from James Hormel to Kate Kendall, leading thinkers, activists, politicians, and artists have come to the Commonwealth Club of California. Ted Olson and David Boyes came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington. From healthcare reform to transgender rights, from immigration to gay-owned businesses, it's all at the Commonwealth Club. And that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year, with new programming nearly every single day. Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at commonwealthclub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face-to-face with today's thought leaders. And now, back to the Michelle Meow Show. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us here on this sad Monday. <laughs> I said happy Monday earlier, but it is sad. There's a lot of us who are mourning the loss of David Bowie, and I'm personally mourning the loss of Jean Cordova, a huge uh, women's rights advocate, feminist, and uh, lesbian activist badass all around. Um, if you get a chance, you should absolutely pick up her memoir, uh, When We Were Outlaws, a memoir about love and revolution. It's great for even young lesbians, Fong. You should get this book. This is really incredible stuff. Um, and so I think that, you know, for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the show, we are going to play as much as we can of Ricky Rebel's music. Like I mentioned right before the break, you should absolutely support artists like Ricky Rebel, especially if you're fans of David Bowie, um, and support the artists out there who are just kind of breaking out of that mold and doing you know their own thing. And, and it, it is really hard to be out there in this industry, especially if you're an independent producer. And so, you know, here we go. Let's listen to, to all of Ricky's music as much as we can. Uh, I would head to iTunes and buy his music right now. 
We'll be back tomorrow at the same time, 4 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. Thanks so much for listening today. Back in the
I can be 
Listen to people 